Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today, because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold, but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... What? Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. You know, this, um... I tell you, there's a... a solemnness in our country right now because of the... Because, because of the hurricanes that we've been hearing about and seeing about and watching them on the news 24-7, you can, if you have access to uh, television, you have access to understanding what's going on in people's lives. And there are a lot of people that are really suffering right now. Um, you know, and I begin to think about, you know, what it would be like to have a, what's a keen response to disaster? You know, when the disaster happens in anybody's life, there's got to be a response, and the Bible has to have something to say about that. I'm sure it does, and and I wanted to bring it home to us today because uh, regarding we've been talking about kingdom thinking and how how kingdom thinkers think, and we just don't want to get stuck in the kingdom thinking process. We don't want to get stuck in just thinking. You hear, you hear what I'm saying? We don't just get stuck in just thinking because we can think and think and think and never do anything, and find ourselves stuck. And, and that's not in, in, a, in, a, in a rut of some sort. But today I'm going to be, uh, I sent an email out to some of you that gave my email out last night uh, regarding the message today just to give you, give you time to prepare your heart for what we're going to be talking about today. But uh, a kingdom response uh, to disaster, the things that, that you can do on a personal level to help others. What you can do to help others on a personal level, that's, that's kind of important. Because we would want somebody to help us. You know, we, we don't deal with hurricanes here, but we deal with earthquakes, right? We deal with earthquakes, and, and we have the earthquakes come in every, one, every once in a while, and we don't have a clue when they're going to happen, right? We have no idea when an earthquake's going to happen. But we have seen some very traumatic situations happen in people's lives. And a, and a, life can, a, li a family's life can be devastated when something that tragic happens. Now, there are folks in, uh, that are, uh, had a friend, uh, met some uh, I, have, I was away this week. I went to, uh, to Virginia. I was in Virginia for a few days in, in uh, North Carolina and, and, and saw some people that, had, that came from across the country, from Florida, some folks coming from New York, Chicago, but in Houston, Texas. And one of my friends is a pastor there in Houston, Texas. And they had no damage to their church, no, had no damage to their house, and no damage to anything that was going on. But he says, you know how close it came how close it was to our family, how close it was to, because he knew people that had damage. He knew people that had tragedy. He knew people that had destruction happen to them, and destruction to the degree that it changed their entire life. One day it was one way, and the next day it was a whole different, different way. And I, I don't know that you've ever experienced it. I hope that you don't ever have to experience that, but but I think that there's a, there comes a point where we need to know what do we do when we don't have the Bible around anymore to, I mean, just to make a decision, say, you know, read my, find out what the Bible says. No, it's too late. Let me call pastor. No, no, it's too late. You've got to have it inside here. See, if you don't have it when it's needed, it's too late. It's kind of like salvation, right? You, you know, 
Oh, God, get no, no, it's too late. You see, get it now. And so as we talk about the kingdom, kingdom, <laughs> kingdom response to disaster, I want to tie it into our thinking. We talk about meditating on things, think, thinking on things that are lovely, pure, of a good report. I'm not going to read all the scripture references to you. I'm just going to run through them real quickly here. And then as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And we're going to get it really into some pointers uh, that will help us understand some things. Um, James, 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 uh, no, excuse me, Romans uh, chapter 12, verse number 2. It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, we, we focus often on the, in the transformation part, which is important. And then we also focus on the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But the proving part is where we really ought to begin to focus because in the proving part, we actually are demonstrating. We're actually doing something. You see, we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We understand what that means to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're getting new information in. We're being transformed by getting new, stuff, new, new information continually, new revelation continually, and we're not having our mind renewed. That's good. But then we need to go ahead and prove it. Yeah. Need to go ahead and prove it. Now, I'm going to take a sip of water every once in a while because I'm, I'm, um, I am beating, beating a cold to death. It, it, it don't even stand a chance right now. Amen. I'm beating him to death. He ain't gonna live in this body. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So, so don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Don't get stuck on just thinking. And the, th and the transformation is happening. I got this transformation because my mind is changing. I'm great. I'm thinking better. I'm, I'm actually, actually functioning better. Go out and prove it. Prove what you're thinking you are being. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so what? Is he? As, so I, I become he as I've thought a lot, but I begin to function and be that person as well. And in the midst of the disaster, we find people doing some weird stuff. Well, now, sometimes I just watch the YouTube for entertainment. Sometimes I do. This time I wasn't. I was just having to watch the news, but I, and I saw a guy on the beach in the rain. Nothing odd, too odd about that so far, but he's got a broom on the beach in the rain. As the tide is coming in, he's brushing it back out. People go crazy when things, disaster strikes. That, that's odd, isn't it? Odd behavior? That's odd behavior. That is totally over the top. Don't know what to do with disaster. He needs Jesus. He needs somebody to come across his pathway and help him understand that that's not the thing to be doing. Let's go find somewhere to get some prayer, get ourselves in a good position. Another guy is out washing his car in the middle of the hurricane. And he's washing it good. He was like, getting the wheels. He was washing his car in the hurricane. Okay, all right. <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob. <laughs> yeah, Rob's been driving a long time. You've been driving a long time. 
But so you can have your mind transformed and don't do the right thing, but prove it. Prove that, you, prove that you've got something really changed in your mind. Go ahead and prove some things differently. Uh, be a doer of the word. Not just a hearer only. So easy to become a hearer of the word and not a doer. You know, we've discovered some things here today that uh, give confirmation to that kingdom thinkers are intentional in our thinking. That's, that's good. We ought to be intentional in our thinking, but also there ought to be some intentionality in our doing. And what it requires of us is that we say, Lord, what is it that you want me to prepare myself to be when I need to help somebody else who's dealing with disaster? Because I'd want that person to be available to me if I were dealing with disaster. So I want to do unto others as I had them do what? Unto me. Now, we don't often think about that aspect. I'm thinking about doing unto others nicely because I want somebody to do something nice to me. But if, I, if, if I'm preparing myself to help somebody in disaster, not knowing when disaster is going to happen, neither do they know it, neither do I know it, but if I prepare myself to help somebody else in disaster, do you know what? They will be very appreciative of the fact that I took the time to do that. I mean, real, real rubber meets the road kind of situation. We have, um, in, our, in our denomination, Foursquare, we have a disaster relief team. It's composed of chaplains that are, are licensed Foursquare chaplains that are dis deployed all over the world. And they, they go into situations and they boots on the ground, going in to serve practical needs. Because practical needs are absolutely important. You've got to meet the needs of getting water and getting people places to, to, lay, to lay their heads at night and to get uh, 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 stuff for the children and things for their pets and, and, and ba basically be able to handle them and help them uh, navigate this crazy place that they happen to be in. But hear this part. The thing that really began to get me about disaster is that the church could turn into just a social services organization and never make mention of the gospel again. But pastor, isn't the social services needed? Absolutely. Got to have it. But if we leave out the gospel in the midst of the chaos and the disaster that's going on, Jesus doesn't get glorified. Because somebody in that disaster, somebody in that challenge is there and they're not knowing exactly what's going on. And they're trying to figure out what in the world is God doing and God's not doing anything but wanting to get their hearts with him. God, God's, not, God's not cursing the world and, and bringing all this bad stuff on people. But what, what's going on is that we have an opportunity to be a blessing a blessing, I mean a blessing to people's lives and, 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 and see them minister to in their time of need. Because I put myself in their shoes. If it were happening to me, I, I, I put myself, I saw myself sitting in a house. I, 
I saw myself with a, a house with water all up, and I, I was upstairs, and I saw, and, and, and this is just a vision I had in my own mind, but I had a vision of myself stand, standing upstairs in a house, and the water was like, like I couldn't, if I, had, I, had to, I would have to swim outside, I would have to swim outside the house because the water was so high. People are living like that right now. For real, people are living like that right now and not knowing if anybody even cares. Not knowing if they'll be rescued themselves. Not knowing if somebody will come to their aid. Not knowing if somebody will be there to assist them to get themselves back in order once they do get out of the situation. Then I brought it back to California. I said, now what will happen when there's an earthquake here in Southern California? What would happen if Chino the area of Chino, somewhere, something happened, and uh, there's a disaster in Chino, and, and, uh, and, 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 and the church was expected to do something. What, are we prepared to handle it? Are we prepared to have people come sleep in our church on the floor and use our three little restrooms, and our four restrooms, actually? <laughs> well, are we prepared to feed them and help them and Give them supplies to help them feel more comfortable in their time of their desperate want and need. Let me break it down further. On your block, there's some people in your neighborhood that are going to depend on somebody to get some help. Could it be you? Be you the person that they've been looking at as a Christian that's been this wonderful Christian kingdom thinker. This wonderful Christian man or woman that's been standing and, and proclaiming the gospel, talking how wonderful, how great your God is. And a disaster happens right in your neighborhood, and they are looking to you, the Christian, to find out how God's going to come through for you. Is it just your four and no more at that point, or is it just whoever God sends? For you to assist. You see, my point today is to get into your business, your personal business. Because he's got in our business, we, we have supplies and all kinds of stuff and pantries and food and, and water. And yeah, if our neighbors came by, we'd be able to help them a little bit. But, but this, and this is, this is before, before all this stuff was going on, but it brings to our attention, what about? Us, individually, and then collectively. And then the church down the street, and then there are members of their congregation, and other churches down the street, are believers prepared to be ministers of righteousness in the midst of disaster? Are we spending most of our time trying to get out of it, as opposed to saying we've prepared ourselves enough to get through it, to help somebody else get through it, and watch God get the glory in the process. God's not surprised by all this stuff. We'd have wars and rumors of wars. We know about all that stuff, right? Weather patterns are un unpredictable. We don't know all about the weather, weather patterns ourselves, but you know what? They're happening. This is, this is real stuff, right? This is real stuff. You, you got a daughter that's there in Florida, right? Right now. 
in the midst of that stuff right now. In her house. Chose not to leave. <laughs> Holding on. What we can do is pray. See, every one of us can get to prayer. We can get to praying and believe God. Now, do we wait on praying for his, his daughter or do we pray right now? Pray right now. You see, because not... <laughs> It's not about sermonizing and, and giving illustrations. This is a real situation. Man, you lay your hands on him. Father, I thank you right now, Lord. Yes. Father, Lynn and her husband now, that you'd, Father, give them wisdom beyond their years right now. Give them insight as to what that they need to do, Father, in, in the midst of their decision that they've already made. But also, God, I pray that you would just move uh, anything else around them, Father, that they would be bypassed by situations that are going on, by bypassed by the weather, weather patterns that are happening there, and that they will be completely understanding that it's you and you alone that's bring, bringing him, them to deliverance. Yes. God, we give you the praise right now, Father, that their neighbors as well and, and people around them that have made the same decision to stick around their homes, Father, that, that they will use their wisdom as well to not find themselves in harm's way at all. But know that they have a, a way to, that's going to be right in your sight. So God, give them great mercy right now. Mercy, 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 mercy. Have mercy on them, Father God. Have mercy on them right now, Lord. We pray now in Jesus' mighty name that you, you overwhelm them with your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We have the opportunity to do certain things. I want to give you a few things this morning that uh, will help us just get to um, get to um, know what it is to be practical. The question is, how, how do we, as kingdom thinkers, how do we become endures of the word? How do we respond to disaster? The first thing we can do is this: is uh, get get in prayer. Get in prayer. The Bible says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And James 5, 16 talks about that. And as the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, if we believe that, we'll pray that way. But if we don't believe that, you know what we'll do? We'll say, Lord, Lord, take care of him. Bless him in Jesus' name. No, I'm, I'm praying effective, fervent prayers. I want somebody who's going to pray effective, fervent prayers on my behalf. Don't you, don't you want that for your life, too? If something's going on in your life, don't you want somebody to pray effective, fervent prayers? Now, put yourself in a situation. Put your children in the situation. Do you want somebody to pray half-hearted prayers for your children? Do you want somebody to pray half-hearted prayers for you? No. So why would we put ourselves in a situation to pray half-hearted prayers for somebody else? So let's pray the kinds of prayers that are going to avail much. They're going to have big results. The kind of results that only God can get because he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's the king of kings and lord of lords. He's the one that makes everything possible. So, so we're going to go ahead and get into prayer. So some practical things we can do is get into prayer. And number two is just get, get knowledge. The Bible says that my people perish or, 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 or are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. And, and often we're thinking that the knowledge that we've got to get is all Bible knowledge. You know what? Sometimes it's good to know how to change a flat tire. That's knowledge. 
Sometimes it's good to know how to open, a, open up a can of a tomato paste or something. That's knowledge, right? You need to have, we need to get knowledge about situations that can assist other people and, and, and get knowledge about what's going on down the street, get knowledge about what kind of cars are available, get knowledge about how many gas stations are on the street, get knowledge about what radio stations are going to be able to assist us, get knowledge about the people that are going to be able to resource us, get knowledge about the organizations that are going to be in, in tandem and work with one another, get knowledge about the networks of organizations that are together trying to see things change for the better. But if we don't get the knowledge, we sit in our little cocoon by ourselves and, and we're just praying. And we're probably not praying effective, fervent prayers. Because when we're praying effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man, you're seeing God avail much and doing great things. You believe this? When we're praying to God and we're listening on the other side of it, he's given us insight and revelation about where to go get knowledge. Who to get knowledge from. And when we get the knowledge that we need to have, we can be more effective in helping people in disaster. The last thing you want to have is somebody that doesn't know what they're doing when you're dealing with a disaster in your life. They can make your disaster worse. Somebody comes along and says, go this way, and that's the wrong way. The water's rising high over here. Let's go this way because we can just swim up shore. You lost your mind. You say, get in prayer. Get knowledge, and I want to make it real simple, give. Real simple, give. Give, give. And, and, and the Bible says this, free, freely, freely you've received, freely give. That's the last part of that scripture, right? The scripture in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 8, it says, freely you've received, freely give. But if you go back to the first part of the scripture, it says, heal the sick. Heal the sick. Then it says, cleanse the lepers, and Raise the dead and cast out demons. Now, those four things sound a lot more complicated than giving, don't they? They sound a lot more complicated than giving. But I, I think that, I don't know this for sure, for certain, but, but the fact that God put this right here in the middle of that passage of Scripture also gives everybody else that has a little bit of faith a, a chance to be, participate in doing something because if you freely receive, any time you've been healed by your, you've been healed by somebody else praying for you, you freely received. If you've, had a, if you've been cleansed from disease in your body, you've freely received. If you've had a, a demon cast out of you at one point in your life, you've freely received. You see, if you've been raised, raised from a dead situation in life, you've freely received. And so now you can freely give. Now, we're talking about giving up your finances, giving up your time. But giving up your finances is one way you can do something. You can begin to say, now, what can I do practically to be of assistance in somebody's life when they're going through a disaster? Well, I know how to pray. I know I, know I can get, get more knowledge so I can help people more effectively. But I also know that I can give so that those who do have finances can get, go ahead and do the things they need to get done. And don't just give to anybody. Don't just give to any organization. There are nonprofit organizations popping up everywhere right now that have pretty names that are collecting funds on behalf of the, behalf of the victims of the hurricanes. And they're the beneficiaries of all the money. Find a good organization to give to. Give to a good organization. I mentioned about our, our denomination. We have a disaster relief uh, organization. And it, part, part of it, if they do collect money, we, part of our tithe goes to helping them get to the field. We give our 10% of our tithe as a church, that goes to the field. 
It helps to get those guys out and, out and about, but we still collect even beyond that for the people to be able to go ahead and give and receive. So they can receive, so they can go ahead and buy the things that they need to have and go out and do the work that needs to get done. And people get saved as a result of it. Listen to this. They don't just go out and just say, okay, we got you back in your house today. You're doing good. Have a good day. Good day. No. They want to get the word of God in these folks' lives. They want to see them changed. They don't, they're not going in the name of the organization. They're going in the name of the Lord. There's a big difference between going in the name of an organization and going in the name of the Lord. This is way bigger than Four Square. Way bigger than any denomination. Way bigger than a bunch of denominations put together. This is about the body of Christ really acting like the body of Christ. When the world looks around and finds that the body of Christ has been absent, no voice, not saying a word, what in the world do we do? I can tell you this morning, there are folks that are sitting in churches today trying to figure out what do I do in the midst of disaster. Now I'm going to break this down a little bit further down. Because, you see, a hurricane is a it's a big disaster. But people have disasters in their own personal lives that are their own personal hurricane. Their own personal hurricane that has just so got them so turned around and so messed up they don't know what to do or how to get it done. They need somebody to pray for them. They need somebody that has some good knowledge. They need somebody that's going to help to give and help them establish their life again. Can you be that person? Can you be that person? Number four is this, to go and help others to go. That's where we're talking about getting the gospel out. The Bible says, go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We do that because we know to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature is an important thing to do. But you're talking about disaster, Pastor. Why are we going to go and preach the gospel in the midst of disaster? Well, what, what do you think that the gospel is? What does a person need in the midst of disaster that is not better than good news. The good news that they receive is that you don't have to be in this space forever because God is going to provide a way for you to get back on your feet again. And beyond that, he'll make your, help your soul to prosper. And you can be in health even as your soul prospers. He'll cause you to get back up again and walk in newness of life. He'll cause you to see the salvation of the Lord. He'll cause your body to be healed. He'll cause you to see change happen in your life. God can do a whole lot of things. But if the gospel is not preached, that good news is not preached, that good news is not heard. How can they hear unless there's a preacher? So go. Somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to go. But always, we're not all prepared to go. We're not always prepared to be the ones to be sent. A friend of mine named Pastor Jason. And Jason used to pastor over in Upland. And Jason is a Chaplain, him and his wife are just go-getters for Jesus. He's part of the disaster relief team. Anytime you've seen things that have happened on TV here in the United States that have been really disasters, Jason's been there. He's a, he'll go to, he'll go to, uh, he'll go to uh, um, Houston, Texas. Then he'll go to, over to, to Miami. He'll be there. You know why? Because that's what his call is. He took the word literally. His wife and him 
travel together doing this. I looked at, I looked at, I looked at him and said, man, you, you, that's, that's pretty bold. You, your wife is, she must really love you a whole lot for just to pack up and just go. Anytime you say go. Anytime that he says, the Lord says we got to go, they go. I've watched this man in, in pastor church. He has a, a painting business and he, he works, he had worked in different companies and, and still he says, you know, well, this is my call of God. And he just goes, goes to help, goes to help. Not wanting anything, but just going to be of assistance. Just going to be of assistance any way he can. He'll do labor if he has, if he's called to preach, he'll preach. If, he doesn't, if he's not called to preach, he'll just go and do the labor. He'll just go, go to do the, the grunt, rate, grunt work. Get, get the mud out of the churches in Louisiana. Do you know, after those kind of things happen, you know, there's mud in the churches, right? All on the walls, and they've got to break all the walls down. They've got to put new, new structures up and to put new, new flooring down and new walls up and lighting has to be changed around and plumbing has to be rearranged. All kinds of stuff has to happen to change. Tradesmen are going all over the world to, for the gospel, say, and it's the preachers of the gospel at the same time. You see, every preacher's not dressed in a suit. Every preacher that's sitting up here on a Sunday morning like I'm, like I'm doing right now. There are more preachers that are doing more, more stuff outside the church than there are in the church. There, there ought to be more preachers out there doing, doing that kind of stuff. There are more preachers that have more different kinds of skill sets. Because they have chosen to go. They've chosen to go. But then there's a time where you might not be able to go. Help somebody else to go. Pray for somebody else to go. Because somebody needs to go. Somebody needs to get out there. Somebody needs to let the world know that it's, it's okay to, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Number five is this. To get prepared. Now, it would seem like I made that one first, right? But if you're already prepared, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So get prepared, and you'll be prepared. Get prepared, and you won't have to get ready. Get prepared, he says, um, for, for which of you intending to build a, a tower does not sit, <laughs> sit, sit down and, and first count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Since one thing to start something, it's another thing to finish it. <laughs> I, <laughs> now, I hope there's not anybody in here, but I, I drive by in some cities and I see people that are building homes. And I'm like, wow, that's going to be beautiful when they finish it. When they finish it, you know. They finish it, right? They finish it. Now, I've, I've, seen, I've seen Ray start his home. and I mean, I mean Ray got his house a long time ago. He's been building, building. And he's like, he's counted the cost. He knows it takes, it takes to finish the darn thing. He's seen, he's seen it prepared. But I, I'm driving down the street, man. I've seen a guy have, have a, the, the, and I don't, know nothing, I don't know nothing about construction. But this probably ought not be having over two, three, four years. That a frame is up for a room of a house, and 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 it's up there for six months. Frame is up for the house. A year, frame is up. Two years and nothing's changed. Listen, the guy hadn't done nothing to the house. <laughs> hadn't counted the cost at all. Well, what is he really doing? Pretending. Pretending that he's going to build something, pretending that something's going to change, pretending that he's going to be able to take care of his family, pretending that he's going to be able to provide a, a, a space for somebody else at some point, pretending that he really wanted to build in the first place. But listen to this, 
If he really wanted to do it, he'd have counted the cost and had gotten it done. Are you counting the cost right now in your own life? What are you building? What kind of life are you building? Is it the kind of life that's going to make somebody else's life better? See, that's what a home does. A home, a room in a home makes it comfortable for somebody that's going to come. You know, uh, I'm picking on Ray because he's just recently built, built, a, built his house, and, and he's got young girls in the rooms, and their rooms are they're in a nicer place for themselves, and they're more comfortable in the whole deal now because of that. He counted the cost, but, but, but if he didn't, they'd be sitting in the frame. Looking around, going like this. Well, I guess we'll have walls one day, bless God. I, I guess we'll have a ceiling one day. I guess we'll have a floor one day. I guess we'll have a door one day. But he counted the cost because he knew that it was important for the end result to be something that's going to be beneficial for somebody else. In the midst of disaster, there are prepared people and folks that are not prepared. The folks that are not prepared are looking for the folks who are prepared. The folks who are, are prepared ought to be linking arms with others who are prepared too. You thought I was going to say that you want to find the ones that are unprepared. No. They'll find you. They'll find you. But link arms so we have more strength. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> I look at homeless folks today, and I say, wow. Uh, the ones that I see around here, you know, sometimes I, I'm not really, I feel as though they're kind of cheating the system. Some of them are kind of, you know, some of them are, not all of them. But then I don't know that that person just moved from Houston, Texas, and really is homeless. I don't know if that person just moved from a place where there was a hurricane or a disaster happened, and they have nowhere to go. I don't know if that person had a job last week, just retired. His company went up in smoke, and the owners can't do anything about it and they can't pay his retirement. I don't know that. You see, life can take some strange turns. Turns that we are not prepared for as much as we think we are, but do as much as you can to prepare yourself for the unexpected. If the church is to be effective in this age that we live in, and we're ill-prepared, we'll get walked by time and time again. Because sometimes we only get one shot. Sometimes we only get one opportunity to be a blessing to somebody. Sometimes we only get one chance to say, God, God, God bless you. God, God, God welcomes you. We get one chance. And we ought to be on one accord. We ought to be on one accord. If there's a massive earthquake and, 
and Centerpoint is the only place in this neighborhood where people can come to hang out for the next 25, I mean, 25, 30 days. Are we going to say, no, we have to have church on Sunday? I'm sorry, we, we rented somebody on another day. No, what are we going to do? Nobody's wishing these things to happen. Nobody's hoping these things to happen. But nobody hoped that Hurricane Harvey would come either. Nobody hoped that. There's never been a thousand, there hasn't been a flood in a particular area for over a thousand years. Why should I have home flood insurance on my home? You wouldn't buy, I wouldn't have bought it either. Hadn't been a flood for a thousand years. A thousand years, there's never been a flood. And all of a sudden there's a flood. So they know it. Get ready. Noah said, get ready. He wanted folks to get ready, and, and people thought he was crazy. Well, people are going to think you're crazy, too. Are you ready for people to think you're crazy? We got to get prepared, guys. We got to get prepared. Got to get prepared. And the counting the cost part is, is, is not that complicated. It's a matter of doing it. I'm closing up with this right here. We, we have a way that we can, we can give to our movement, uh, Foursquare. You can do that. That's one way to help out. That's good. Do that on your own. But as an in, individual family, I want to challenge you to um, begin to look at the things you need to have to take care of your family in the, in the event of an emergency, a disaster. If you only have enough food for just this week, buy more. Start getting a little bit more at a time. I mean, <laughs> if I would if I wouldn't have married Benita, I'd be sitting I would be sitting over in, in Covina. If there was a disaster, I'd have been sitting in Covina eating eating some tuna. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would. She, she, well, I'm, I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, she 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 has she has she has all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Good Lord. I said, I have a whole new life here. Look at this. <laughs> I, looked in, <laughs> I, looked the, I looked in the pantry and I'm like, okay, oh, this is all the food's in here. And then look over here. There's more food over here. Good Lord, what's all this food for? <laughs> Are you expecting? Oh, disaster relief. This is, people, people, people really do this stuff, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right about it. So my challenge is to you, is to be aware. Does that include a non-election candidate, though? <laughs> that might be a good idea. As <laughs> long as it has instructions. <laughs> People need instructions about those things nowadays. Huh? Amen. The, um, you know, the... Um, Let me do something. Come here for a second. T tell me, I, I want you to, to hear this because it'll be helpful for you too. Tell people why you why you prepare so much like that. Um, well, I think a lot of it is my nursing background, and one of the first things that we do even before a report, you know, because one shift reports off to the other shift, is we have crash carts. Everybody know what crash carts are in hospital? 
that means that there is a cart that's dedicated to heart attacks. Like if somebody has a heart attack, the first thing that, you know, they do code blues or whatever the hospital's um, alarm is. And that cart has to be ready at all times because you don't want to be the person at the end of a cart with no supplies, right? And so we don't want to be the one at the end of a cart with no supplies. And I just always think worst case scenario. I guess that's just my whole bent. But I think about that with the church as well. And I was asking pastor, what do we have in the house? Should a earthquake or any kind of disaster happen here, guess what? People will be flooding the doors because they expect ministry to be able to help them, right? How do we know that that's not the way that God will bring them in? We don't know, but we have to be ready. And so we're talking about that, and we're going to be having lists of things for the house to bring in and what we need to have on hand. But it's a sad thing, and I was so heartbroken when, and I know you heard the news, different ministries uh, were not allowing people in. And that was a real black eye on the church because guess what the next thing they did was show the islamic center full of people and that broke my heart so we're, we're going to be ready we're going to be ready as a house Amen. but i just encourage everybody to start because honestly it's not if anymore it's when mm-hmm. and we want to be ready amen, yes, amen. thank you i appreciate it you got to be ready so let's go ahead and um, prepare ourselves to pray, and Bruce, I want to have you take the offering moment to Father, we're grateful this morning for another day that you've given us a chance to just be ones who will hear what you have to say. Lord, I pray that you prick the hearts of every person that's here, including mine, and, and challenge us, Father, to be more prepared, to be more understanding in reference to our prayer time, our, our giving, getting knowledge, and, and being the per- person that's desires of doing your will. God, we ask your blessing upon every person that's under the sound of my voice right now that we will be the ones that people would run to, come to, and we have a desire to be able to be a blessing. Not to be ones that are selfish or hoarding, but ones that would want to be a blessing. Lord, have your way, we pray in the name of Jesus. Now, take, take every person that's here today, Father, as, a, as their bodies may be racked with pain. I pray healing on their bodies. Their mind may be a little bit confused. I pray that you renew their mind today. Father, I pray for those that have worry right now, Father, that their worry will dissipate now because of the word of the living God who has brought hope to them today. God, we bless you and we thank you today for what you're doing in the lives of so many that are here, that are saved, that know Jesus, that walk in newness of life and want to continue to walk in newness of life. God, we bless you today and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.